Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to Discontinued Now What? My name is Stephanie Olivo, your host, and wanted to focus on a couple of different things today. So I know that I was talking about um, a second part to April Azzolino's uh, podcast. And what was interesting is I actually did a hypnosis session. So she's a hypnotherapist and um, a guide and all that stuff. And, and, and I'll put her note information on here. And what was pretty interesting is that it kind of took me a little bit of time to to basically process everything that happened in that recording in that um, in that session, because I was like, okay, well, maybe hypnosis is like meditation, you know, it's it's around the same thing. It's maybe just going a little bit deeper, or you know, it's a different kind of you know thing or something like this. I really honestly didn't know what it was to to, to be quite honest. I thought it was just like you kind of. You know, you go under, for lack of a better term, and you're not really asleep, you're not really awake, but you're kind of in that in-between limbo stage that so you can still hear everything, you're, and you're still, you're still conscious of everything, but you're in kind of an altered state, for lack of a better term, yeah? So, you know, when I was talking to April, I said, you know, I, I meditate, you know, so it's, is that similar? She's like, oh, well, it's a little, little different than that, you know, it's a different situation, you know, I basically kind of guide you into different states and different kind of scenarios and we see basically what kind of comes up and what I like that she she explained everything so it was about a two and a half hour session that we did um and what I really liked about it is that she had a series of questions that she wanted me to send in and to provide to her prior to the session to give her basically an idea of what I was really looking for in terms of going into the session, what I wanted to get out of it, you know, what was going to be my takeaway, you know, and to have an actual takeaway, I think is really important. Um, but it's, it's not having an expectation. I think that's one of the biggest words that I have learned for probably the last five years or four years to not have you know, we have expectations of certain things, which is okay, but I think an expectation of certain things or a constant expectation of something like, you know, uh, relationships, for example, that was my, that is, that is my biggest flaw and that was my biggest flaw and it's something that I'm working on. And I think this relationship kind of tackles everything that I was kind of working on in the past and I thought that what I was already doing like an ex an expectation of you got to do this you got to do that and it's not like that so that's what I had told myself this year actually this year was not supposed to be dating anybody <laughs> my goal was like I'm not dating I'm going to be single for a year and then boom universe is like yeah right so anyway I digress but so she gave me a series of questions and I really like that because you know, having having this, uh, not an expectation, but this kind of guideline of where you want this person to maybe tap into. And I, my answers were super duper vague. And, and April can attest to this. You know, my 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 answers were vague, because I honestly didn't know, like, I still don't know a lot of things. And I, I am 100% like for myself. So I don't know, you know, how to sometimes speak about certain things or, or describe certain things. And this is, I mean, pretty sure you guys are listening to this now. And like, you know, this is a little kooky, which is fine. But the fact of the matter is, is like, she, she basically honed in on, 
you know, what do you mean by this? I was like, well, you know, X, Y, and Z or whatever. You know, I was, I was kind of vague, but then she would just ask certain questions to basically tap into maybe certain emotions. I don't know, but it was, it was great because she basically gave me a better platform and a better kind of understanding of what I really was kind of looking for. Like it was kind of there, but she kind of had to, you know, clean it up a little bit and make it pretty. Right. And I love that. That was, that was great. So we did this, this kind of, you know, chatting and this conversation for about an hour and a half or so prior to me going under, right, to into the into the session. So I really liked that. So when when we actually did this, uh, when we had this conversation, one of my biggest, I guess, it's not a trauma, and I don't want to say trauma, and I don't want to keep using that word. But my biggest, I guess you could say, obstacle in my life so far and then I never understood kind of where this came from or really what this was was that sense of abandonment and and it's not to say that my parents abandoned me or anything like that but my parents were a lot older so my mom was 40 42 when she had me you know back in the 80s right when this is completely unheard of you know even now you know they call it what do they call it uh, a geriatric pregnancy. I mean, they don't use that word. I think it's like advanced age or something like that, which is a nice word. Um, but you know, it's it's a it's a high risk. It's a high risk situation. You know, even now in 2022, 40 years later, it's still a high risk situation. So, imagine my mom and my dad. They, you know, they're an older couple having quote unquote an older couple back in that day. You know, having kids or having their last kid you know, it was, it was difficult because, and I never, I have a great relationship with my dad and I had a great relationship with my mom, even the day until the day that she passed. And I don't regret any of that. What happened, I think for me is that, you know, I'm third, fourth, fifth grade, I'm I'm doing the chorus and I'm in the plays and I'm doing the ballet, the tap, the jazz, the whole, the whole, you know, kit and caboodle was my mom had me super involved in everything. And I think she had us involved in everything because she didn't want us to, you know, end up on the street. Not that we would. I mean, it's not like, you know, just, just to get into trouble, you know, the kids get into trouble, do mischievous things. And this is, this is just, you know, this is childhood, right? So she always kept us busy. So we were in tap, we were in jazz and ballet and cheerleading and the chorus and the after school program, the uh, how do you say the not the street walker? What is it called? Oh my gosh, the the people, the patrols, right? That you know that that help people cross the street. That's what I meant. And you know, my parents were not super much around because they were working, but my aunt Rosie which is, she's, Rosie's now going to be 60. So she's almost, she's 19 years my senior. And she's 12 years my sister's senior. You know what I mean? She was basically our our liaison to kind of help us, right? And for me, when I was little, when I was, you know, in the course and all, not the course, but in the plays and all this stuff that I had to do for, for middle school, for me, I always felt, I was like, man, you know, everybody else's parents were super young. And I was like, man, every, you know, everyone's parents are here. Like, why aren't, I wish my parents were here and I would always look for them, but I would always see Cindy and Rosie. Like these are the two women that raised me really, you know, they were, they were at every 
dance every recital the recitals no my parents did go to the recitals but like the middle school stuff like the little you know school stuff it was Cindy and Rosie you know the the big dance stuff like my parents did always go to um you know the cheerleading the same thing either Cindy and Ricky were there my brother-in-law uh you know my aunt was there and stuff like that like you know that kind of stuff so I never I never felt like they were around like I never didn't feel I didn't ever feel that way in that sense but I think when I was little that that like stuck in my head right so this sense of quote-unquote abandonment you know for for lack of a better term this this feeling of you know just I guess for whatever reason was was from childhood really and it just was super exacerbated, exacerbated, whatever the word is, when, you know, when Dirk passed away, it was because I honestly, you know, I told myself, I was like, man, why wasn't I enough? Right. And this is this and I'm telling you this now because this is a feeling that I didn't know was an issue and I didn't know that it was number one going to be triggered by such a such a, a traumatic situation with with Dirk. And I didn't know that it was going to be such a constant thing for me um, in, in, in life and in relationships. So for me to, to tap into that for myself and then wonder kind of where it came from, I was like, I go, man, maybe that's, maybe that's why, you know, I felt an extra special or an extra dose or whatever it is of feeling this feeling, right? But it wasn't. It was, it kind of went a little bit beyond that and I'll go into it in a little bit, but, you know, having this sense of like, you know, why wasn't I enough was at first something that, that clicked and it kind of lingered for a little bit, but the way that I am, I, I, I was, I'm a big compartmental, I compartmentalize a lot of the stuff. So I was like, okay, well, this is, this is not something I need to deal with right now. So we're going to put that away for a second. And, you know, realizing that, that I'm like that, number one, and realizing that I was actually doing that was hindering me tremendously. And I think this is why, you know, people on the outside, like my friends would tell me like, you know, what's going on like this, you know, you're not, you're not like your how, you know, happy go lucky self, which is understandable, but, you know, there's something else that's, that's just heavy about you, right? you know, and, and, and it's, it's, it's a, it's a death, you know, it's, it's somebody who passes away that you thought you're going to spend the rest of your life with, which is, which is, I understand, I, and I, and I get it, you know, but there was something else that people were seeing in me that I would just, I just don't think I was seeing in myself. And I, and I mentioned this before. So when she was, you know, going through this um, process, and it's kind of like, and if you've ever done yoga nidra, it's it's super cool and I love it <clears throat> and I think that's why I was I was kind of just interested in in doing a hypnosis session with her. She's like, I'm just gonna talk you through a couple of things and we're gonna go through different paths and kind of, you know, see where your mind takes you, right? So if you ever done yoga nidra, it's similar to this, in a sense that it's her giving you different scenarios like where where are you feeling right now or where are you at right now. 
And for whatever reason, even when I go into a meditative state, I always have this particular place in Lake Como that I've been to twice already. And it's a, it's one of the villas and it's in uh, Ser- Serenibio or Serenibio. I, I can't remember the name of it and I'll, and I'll look it up and I'll, I'll, once I find it, I'll put it in the links here. But what's cool about this particular villa, this estate, right? It has this, it's like a tower of maybe three or four arcs, right? And it's a, it's a building. So it's a, it's like a regular building, like a per se, a castle, right? But it looks like, you know, Arc de Triomphe, um, but just like on a smaller version. And it has like three arches um, that it's open to the air and there's like, you know, vines and it's really beautiful and all this stuff. But what I love about it and I, what I love about Lake Como in general is that these these villas are on top of these cliffs that overlook the actual lake. So you literally can stand, you know, next to this building. You see all the beautiful blueness of the water and it's just this like incredible blue. And you see all the mountains and the white caps if it's cold. And it's just, it's such a, uh, like pictures do not do it justice. Like I've seen beautiful, beautiful photography from friends, from professionals and all this stuff, which is like, it's mesmerizing, it's gorgeous and it want, it makes you want to go there. But even at, like I told my sister, I was like, go, when you see this place, it is like magic. It's, it's heaven. It's gorgeous. It, it's, it's just it's breathtaking. It really, it's really is breathtaking. But for whatever reason, when I go into my meditative state, I, I always go, this is like my happy place. Like that is a hundred percent my happy place. I feel good. I feel happy in that area in in that, on that cliff <laughs> for whatever reason. Right. And, you know, and she was, you know, kind of putting me into that, that state of, you know, where is it, you know, where are you and all this stuff. And what was interesting is that, you know, she was like, you know, let's go back, you know, a couple hundred years or whatever, right? Just like very kind of a primitive time. And having this conversation with her, she puts me in this not and I don't think it's really her that she puts me in a in the situation, but she's she spoke vaguely enough that I can kind of go with my own mind and put myself in a certain situation and for whatever reason I I I did this, we did this. And I was on it on the same, on not the same cliff, but a similar cliff. And it was very dark and very dreary. And it was, it just reminded, reminded me of like these Viking movies, just like this, this crazy, like very cold and dark and, you know, dreary. And this like this, the, the fog and everything like this. But I was still on top of a cliff overlooking this water. And it was like maybe this ocean or something like this, right? And she's like, and what are you dressed in? And I was literally dressed in like Viking gear. Like I had like my armor on, like the gold and the sandals or the whatever, like the and the headgear on, like the whole the whole jazz. But it was more like you like Shira <laughs> or like um I think it was Wonder Woman that did like a similar kind of situation with the with the their outfits and stuff like this so it was it was like this but it was cold I didn't have the fur on or anything like that but it had this this get up this gear on and she's like you know what is it that you're feeling and I said 
honestly, like, I feel alone. She's like, what's behind you? And I look behind me and it's just like these battlegrounds and this like smoke of like, you know, like, you know, how brave heart that you have these or like Lord of the Rings, like this kind of vibe was just behind me, like this, this energy back there of just like this, it was all just destruction. Everything was just destruction. And I, and I just like was look overlooking of at the, uh, on the cliff and stuff. And then I look back and I see this and I was just like, she's like, you know, what are you feeling? I said, alone. Like, I just, I feel alone. So, and she's like, okay, so she, you know, like table that. And she's like, you know, let's fast forward, you know, X amount of years or whatever. She's like, where are you now? You're a little bit older or whatever, blah, blah. She's like, what are you doing? And I tell her, I said, I go, I go, I'm with my family. And she's like, what do you, she goes, okay, you know, good. Can you, can you tell me a little bit more? I was like, well, I mean, I'm with my kids and my grandkids, but I'm not, I don't have a partner. Like I don't have like a husband. It's just my two kids and the four kids and I'm older and I'm a grandma basically. And, and she's like, and what do you feel? I said, I feel a little, I feel happy, but I feel sad. And she's like, why do you think that is? I said, I don't know. I don't know where kind of this is coming from. Like, I don't know what all this stuff, what, what all this is. She's like, do you think that maybe your abandonment came from past lives? And I said, maybe. I mean, if this is what my mind is showing me right now, could possibly be. And she's like, you know, how many lifetimes do you think that you've been carrying this burden? Now, before I answer this, <clears throat> well, I'm going to answer. So it was, I said, she, I said, I go, I don't know. I don't know how many lifetimes. She goes, pick a number, any number. It's going to be that number. I said, okay, three. She's like, okay, then that's what it is. She's like, if that's the number that came out and that's what you feel, then that's what it is. So... You know, and I, 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 and as I say this, and it's just something so crazy to me. So, you know, I was, was doing this session in my bedroom and I was not laying down, but I was sitting up and I had my legs out, not crisscross, had my legs out and I was laying on the bed, I was sitting on the bed and I had a pillow on top of me and I had my laptop on top of the pillow. You know, and, and, you know, after the session and all this stuff, and we, we talked about a couple more things and I, and I, you know, I'm going to leave it at that, but we talked about a couple more things. And um, <clears throat> what was interesting is that, you know, after I came out of this particular state of mind, you know, we were chatting and stuff. And I said, I go, you know, what's what's crazy, you know, as we're talking about this, I have been having this hip pain on my left side, probably for a, f a couple of months already. My hip has been hurting like really, really bad. And I've always had like, a hip situation. Uh, when I was little, I, I did a lot of dance, a lot of tap and a lot of jazz and all that stuff. And even with, with cheerleading, I ended up going to an orthopedic doctor and I had, you know, kind of different uh, bursts under my knee and my hip was malaligned and all this stuff. Like my, my body's a little bit jacked up, right? You know, but nothing, uh, uh, she's like, you know, nothing, uh, a massage won't help or, you know, won't, won't hurt or whatever, or chiropractor, or whatever. So I had been doing that and have been doing that. But, you know, after we we're talking about this stuff or, or kind of before I came to, like, I noticed that there was just like this 
weird electrical surge like right in my hamstring. So like not like below, like if I'm standing up like below my butt, before my knee, before my uh, popliteal, like so that's basically behind the knee and kind of in like in between. So basically my, my hamstring this literal like electrical surge like this just like vibration I was like oh that was weird maybe that's probably from my uh, the way that I'm sitting so I didn't you know and I told her all and I and I told her this and I was like you know it's kind of weird like I only felt it on the left side but you know maybe it's just the way that I'm sitting and she's like you know wait a couple of weeks and see if the pain returns so I've heard many many times that uh severe trauma will will kind of trap itself in the joints of the body or in within the body um, for whatever reason. So different traumatic situations will end up in your hips and your knees and your feet and your hands uh, and your back, what, wherever it is. <clears throat> and I don't know the psychology of it or the actual science of it, but it's just it's I, I'm assuming it's stresses or whatever. But I have heard this and it's a it's a common um, it's not a common thing, but it's a it's a known thing and it's a scientific thing. And once I get somebody that actually knows this, we'll have a podcast about this as well. But, um, you know, going back to that. So my session with her was the beginning of the month of October. So October, I want to say third or 11th or something like that. It was one of the Wednesdays uh, at the very beginning of the month. And here we are the 25th and I don't feel any pain in my hip. It is the craziest, weirdest, maybe it's all in my head, but I have zero pain in my hip, which is bananas to me. And I'm not a woo-woo kind of gal, <laughs> but I've been so far into this woo-woo kind of world, but it really isn't. You know what I mean? It's something that has helped me tremendously. And I don't know if it's something that, you know, my ancestors have done, and maybe probably I'm going to say yes, because, uh, you know, I found out a couple of aunts were kind of into some, some, uh, some things. And that's another one. We'll check about that later. But you know, there, there's, it's for us in Latin culture, it is not something strange. It is not something weird and scary. It is something that is a part of our history. It is a part of our lives. And it's something that is embraced, not kind of shied away from, right? And maybe this is something that I needed to kind of tap into that I wasn't really getting through other sources or other modalities. But for me, it's helpful and I want to share it with you guys. And I think because I think it's cool. You know what I mean? I think it's I think we should all try different things to help ourselves heal, whether it's from 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 somebody's death, um, you know, from losing a job, from a divorce, from whatever it is that really shitty breakup, you know, whatever it is to help us move forward and I heard this word today, ascend. I love that word. I think it's a beautiful word. Basically, ascend, like for me, that means soar. Like that is like to freaking blast the fuck off. Like let's fucking go, Tom Brady style. My poor Tom. That's another story. Anyway, you know what I mean? It's like I think that whatever we can find, whatever that thing is or the things are for us to kind of 
become our own and, and get back into ourselves or get into whatever it is that we're supposed to do on this planet, like, let's do it. Like, let's find this out. And and whoever, you know, negates it or whoever poo-poos it, like, fuck them. Like, it has nothing to do with them. And kind of going back to, you know, my first conversation and my first kind of thought process of like, why wasn't I enough for Dirk to stay and, and not, you know, take his life? You know, doing all this stuff and learning all these things and, and, and kind of tapping into everything, I realized that it had nothing to do with me. And I think that is probably one of the most important lessons that I've learned so far is that, you know, though this person loved and adored me and any of my friends and any of my family members who you meet will tell you the same. This is somebody who was not in a space to be able to withstand the pressure, the sadness, the emptiness of losing his son and basically living a life without him, right? And understanding that was very hard and it still kind of is hard, you know, and it's like, you know, it's sometimes I'm like, man, I wish... I wish the boys were here, you know, I wish my mom and my grandmother were here, you know, there's so much to say, and there's so much I want them to know. But for me, as a, you know, Catholic, as a Ecuadorian woman, like, I know that they're looking up at me and like, rooting and cheering and everything because I can, I literally, I can feel it like the energy is there. Like I even talked to my dad about this and I said, you know, I had this kind of crazy feeling like so my my mom was passing. She was here at the house and um, for whatever reason, my German shepherd at the time was always next to my mom, like always, always, always. And the day that she was, you know, that weekend that she was transitioning, my German shepherd stayed at her bedside. And it was the craziest thing. Like he just kind of looked up and he looked, he literally like looked up like at the, I don't know if it was at the sky or at the sky at the ceiling or whatever, but he looked up and he had his head up and he turned slowly, his head is still up. And then he goes, he looks towards the door and he looks towards the door and he kind of, you know, jerks his head to the left and then looks at me and I was like, who is that? And it just like, it was like everybody was quiet in the room and, and I don't, I don't know, I don't know what it was, but I just had this feeling because I had told, I had, you know, I, I, I talked to the boys often and that was like, for me, that was one of the biggest things for me to help with my mom's transition and I was like, it go, you know, she's not, she was, it was very difficult for number one for her to breathe on her own. So she was on oxygen 24 seven for many years. And, you know, that last weekend, it was just like, I go, I hope, you know, I, I go, guys, I go, this is on it, literally praying to the, to the boys and to God, like everybody. I said, I go, please, Dirk, like, please just have her help her transition slowly and peacefully and without suffering and without choking. Like, that is the only thing that I want. Like, just have her go peacefully. And sure as shit, she did. 
And I think that's for me, like, that's why I believe in certain things. And I believe in, in this, I believe in guides, I believe in spirits, and I believe in, in, in this, because I know for a fact that these angels, these guides, they're helping, they helped my family. They helped my mom. They helped me. They're helping me, you know, and for whatever you, you believe in, for whatever it's worth, whatever helps you sleep at night, whatever you want to call it, you know, call call it whatever you want. But it's, I think, and I know, and I feel that it's, it's, it's real. This shit's real. It's not a, it's not make believe. It's not, you know, different shit that people put in our heads. Like if you've never experienced having somebody come into your dreams that has passed away and literally it feels like they're right there with you. It's something so indescribable. And you'll like, it is something that you will never feel like once you do it, you have it once, like you'll never, like, you know, that something so completely different and so not awkward, but just something so strange, but so vivid and so real and honest and you literally just you just feel it in your heart. It is the craziest shit in the world. And I remember telling my sister about my experience with Dirk that I was hugging him and kissing him and then it felt so real. And it was just right after. It was right after this all this all kind of happened, like maybe a couple of weeks. And she's like, Wow, that's that's crazy, but that's weird. Like that's no, that's not really I go I Cindy, I said I go God forbid that this ever happens, but I said, I go, once you have this dream or this, this, this feeling or whatever, and you're in this state, you can actually feel it, smell it, touch it. And, and it's, it's insane. It is insane. Sure enough, um, a really good friend of ours passed away and, you know, she's like, you know, I was praying to God and I was praying to mom. I said, mom, you know, like just you know, have, you know, help Ricky with, you know, going through this, this is a hard situation, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, you know, I just felt her when I hugged her, like she said, everything's going to be okay in Spanish. You know, everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. And she's like, and I, I felt her, I felt her like she was right there. I said, isn't it the fucking coolest feeling in the world? She's like, it was something that I will never be able to describe to talk about like she's like it was just the coolest shit in the world I said yeah I told you so on that tearjerker situation I just want to let you guys know my my very cool experience with Miss April Azzolino this was the part two um you know I run on tangents but that's how I roll but I wanted to let you guys know definitely book a session with her um I'm going to put all the links of everything that I talked about and yeah, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for the love and support and tune in next week for whatever we talk about next week. See you soon. Thanks. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Please remember to rate and review and also follow us on the gram. So we're on Instagram, Facebook, Uh, also on Spotify and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you guys so much for the love and support. See you next time.